Kathleen. Hello, Deirdre. <laughs> that felt good. It did, didn't it? I, that I felt listen- good in my soul. <laughs> I listened to it earlier and I was like, we're starting with that. Yeah. So uh, why don't you let our audience know who that was? Albert is own version oh, yes. of the Sex Pistols so Hell that yes. people can download that music and play it loud everywhere <laughs> in this province. That is the Abject Failures and the song title if you didn't catch it, please listen to it one more time, is Fuck the UCP. And it's brilliant. It is. And it's the, it is the anthem Alberta needs right now. Absolutely. For no other reason (laughs) than to keep those of us who aren't hospitalized with COVID from losing our minds right now. Yes. Yes, we, uh, we haven't we haven't done a coffee chat in a bit. I mean, there was there was summer. There was uh, you you had a job. Had. <laughs> you had a job. Had a job. <laughs> Turns out, I hate jobs. <laughs> Just gonna say it. Uh, let my husband know. He better make sure that all of his estate planning and his life insurance is up to date because I hate jobs, and COVID is in the air. And COVID is in the air, yes. Yeah, so just to uh, to give our listening audience a, a brief timeline rundown, because we do have some listeners who actually are all over the world, and they may not be completely familiar with what's happening right now in Alberta. Uh, the, the, the short of it is that our premier... Jason Kenney and um, a premier, I guess the best comparison would be like uh, an American governor. Yes. It's the Canadian equivalent of an American governor. Our premier decided back in June that the pandemic was over. Mm-hmm. He just did. He just decided that he ignored all the data on Delta and he opened up our province so that he and his Friends and his conservative pals from Ottawa could play cowboy cosplay. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he decided he needed some personal time. We don't know where because our premier seems to think that 
where he went on vacation should be a big secret, which is just, I, I'm not quite sure why it needs to be, but fine. He went on vacation and hid out during our country's federal election because he didn't want to bring in any restrictions and reduce the chances of his buddy winning the federal election. The too long didn't read summation of this is that um, Deirdre and I right now are recording in the midst of the worst healthcare crisis this province has ever seen, mm-hmm. possibly the worst political crisis Albert has ever seen. And that's saying a lot for people really who is. aren't familiar with our province. Alberta has had six premiers in the space of 10 years, six. I can even name them. Stelmack, Redford, Hancock, who stepped in um, the premier, Jim Prentice, who didn't even have a seat when he became premier, and then he ran in a by-election and won his seat, and then he decided to call an early election. That did not end well for him. No. Alberta tossed him out, and we uh, then had four years of Rachel Notley and an NDP government. Rachel Notley, if if Jason Kenney is forced out, Rachel Notley will be the only premier of this province in the last 10 years to complete a term. The Conservatives... And run a second time. And run a second time. And the Conservatives, in the meantime, have gone uh, six premiers in what amounts to six years. Right. And we have elections every four years, like normal people. Like, we do try to have normal elections (laughs) here. It doesn't always work out for us. Uh, This is what the Conservatives do. They screw everything up to the point that Albertans are howling and and enraged. And then they switch out the leader and con us all into voting for them again. And Albertans vote for them again. Because we seem to have a real issue with uh, learning our lesson. Under normal circumstances, it, it's been somewhat comical. And that's not to say that how conservative governments have successively made uh, women and minorities in this province suffer is comical. Of course, it is not. However, the behavior of the conservatives in power has often been comical. It's not funny today. It's not. And none of us are laughing. And a lot are really fighting to keep our heads above water and to stay healthy and uh, keep our mental health intact, especially because it's bad out here. It is. And we, I'm sure a a lot of our listeners know that uh, our premier waited until the day after the federal election to ask our prime minister for help. And of course, that's because I don't think there's anything more horrific for Premier Jason Kenney than having to ask Justin Trudeau for help. Oh, fuck. And, and <clears throat> he can, uh, you know, he's, he's going to sell this as well. It wasn't me. It was my minister, Rick McIver, who asked Bill Blair for help. It, don't, don't buy into the con, Alberta. Jason Kenney went begging to Justin Trudeau for help. Yeah. Rick McIver didn't take it upon himself to write a letter to ask the military to come help out in Alberta. Jason Kenney instructed his minister to do that. 
Mm-hmm. And he made a point of waiting until the day after the election do it. If you don't understand the significance of that, what it means is that people in this province died while Jason Kenney played politics and protected his pals in Ottawa. Yeah. People in this province are dying while the United Conservative Party caucus fights about what they should do with Jason Kenney. Or that is the situation we're in. Or worse, they're not saying anything about what should be done with Jason Kenney. And this is, I, I honestly wish right now that I had some more information about how it works in other countries, because our party system is all powerful. Yeah. And, and maybe that's part of the Westminster system that, that it is the party who has all the power. And this is how they were able to change out our leadership without going to the polls, which you know, I'd actually like to see that change after this. It needs to change. After what we've seen here, it needs to change. We yeah. we elect parties uh, quite often based on who the leader is. People who don't or believe that. Or the color that, of the sign. Or the color of the sign. Yeah. But people who don't <laughs> believe that, let's have a chat about um, Jack Layton and how he changed the NDP's fortunes. Let's have a chat about Michael Ignatieff and how he completely destroyed the Liberal Party, allowing Jack Layton and the NDP to become the official opposition in this country. Whether we like it or not, Canadians often vote for parties or don't vote for parties as a result of their leader is, who who the leader is. Now, we have the misfortune of living in a province where the all-powerful conservative dynasty, and it is a dynasty here, they ruled this province for 44 years, got a four-year time out, and they're back at it again. They just switch out leaders. Like underwear. And we're forced to accept that and we get no say in it. Mm -hmm. That is not representation. When the party can just throw whoever they want in there, that is not fair representation for Albertans. And I think Albertans really need to start thinking about uh, how we build a province when we're at the mercy of uh, a party that rules this province with basically an iron fist. Mm -hmm. And especially right now. And the other thing too, the way that our party system works is that the that the people who pay to be members of that party are the ones who do get a say in yes. in some of these decisions. And so Jason Kenny, according to rumor, has successfully uh, managed to convince the party that he needs that they need to hold off on a leadership review until the spring and that leadership review the 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 voting is only available to the membership so even though he is the premier of this province even though a million people said i'm going to vote for that party and you know accept jason kenney as the leader only the people who are current members will have a say in whether or not his leadership uh, needs to head out to the trash like yeah. the rest of us would like it to be. And 
but only a few people get to have that say. And we're really in a catch 22 right now because this premier, when he united the, uh, the extreme far right wild rose with the more centrist centrist with some problematic, some problematic policies, but the more centrist PCAA, uh, the, the longtime PCAA structure and backroom boys weren't happy about that. They felt it was a hijacking by the extreme right. And they and took it off. Was. And it was. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely was. was. The Wild Rose hijacked the PCAA. They couldn't beat them at the polls. They couldn't beat them in the legislature. So the party hijacked the, the PCAA. The problem is now that we have a ruling conservative party where the extremists outnumber the moderates mm-hmm. by far. And as a result of that, uh, this premier, as awful as he is, and I'm, I'm just going to say it, Jason Kenney is a fucking monster. Yes. And Stephen is. Carter is absolutely right. Political strategist Stephen Carter said in an episode of The Strategist uh, earlier this week, I believe it was Sunday, he said, Jason Kenney is governing like a fucking madman. And he is. This is not a leader. I don't know what the hell he's doing beyond letting Albertans die, beyond letting the bodies pile up. We have morgues at overcapacity. We have children who can't get their cancer surgeries. I'm worried that my daughter might not be able to get her monthly intravenous treatment at the stallery because now they're pulling doctors and nurses out of children's hospitals to save the asses of the unvaxxed assholes that Jason Kenney and this party have pandered to for 18 months while the rest of us have just tried to stay alive. And something's got to give. I'm so mad tonight. I'm, I've, been, I've been mad. I've been mad since that presser last week when he suddenly act all, acted all concerned and, you know, we have to bring in measures. And I've been raging since then because understand something, Alberta, this premier did this to us. This government did this to us. They abandoned us. They sat back and let this variant of the COVID virus rage through this province. They let it burn like a wildfire. And the entire time they tried to blame Trudeau, they screamed and insulted, screamed at and insulted everyone left of right wing extremists on Twitter. They called us fear mongers when we begged them to not lift restrictions. Mm -hmm. They accused us of lying. They accused us of pushing false information. Anyone with the IQ of a garden variety vegetable saw what was coming with Delta and we were howling about it back in June. Mm hmm. Because we have spent our time reading about it. We have spent our time researching it. We have watched what's other, happened in other countries. And our premier and our chief medical officer of health, let's not forget that, stood in front of this province and said they didn't even see a scenario where restrictions would have to come back. Oh, yeah. Our premier was specifically asked about what plans he had to mitigate spread if the numbers started to rise again and his solution was, well, we don't really see that and that happening. He rejected the premise of the question yet again. Uh, and he sounds so smart when he does that. You know, when we go back to June 
I actually, I, I, because I had kept the 11 year old home last year and I, and now there were some things we did a pilot project with the school. So it was different. And then we went to online at the end of November because, because <laughs> they were like, well, you know, this is going to end. And I'm like, yeah, well, look at what's going on in the province. I'm probably not sending my kid back. Yeah. But so, so we had a lot of catch up to do and, and a completely new system to learn. And it was actually awful. However, in June, I was actually seeing some, some potentially good things, right? We had vaccinations. We all had access to vaccinations. There was some excitement, right? We were, we were going to get through this. Mm -hmm. And so I had registered both kids to go back to school in September. And as we watched what happened in August, and there was radio silence from our chief medical officer of health, from yeah. our premier, which you know what? Yes, he may have chosen to work his ass off since 2015 because he didn't like an NDP government. Not our fucking problem. Exactly. He wasn't our goddamn premier right? then. Take your holidays on your own time, That's asshole. Right. You don't do it in the middle of a healthcare crisis while our hospitals are burning to the ground. Yeah. You needed a holiday. Maybe you should have done that before you rode back into this province in your shitty blue truck and your cowboy cosplay. Yes. But you're on our dime and our time right now. So you do your fucking job. Exactly. And we sat and watched all of this happen. And the thing is, as we're watching what was going on in Alberta and we were granted right it was a slow burn it was a slow start and we're looking at the UK which I mean I I'm assuming they said as much because I knew that's what I knew that was the data they were watching so they had to have said that's what they were doing but I was looking at what was happening in the U.S. What was starting to happen in Louisiana? It hit this. Yeah. It hit the southern states first for some Louisiana, reason. Florida, yeah. which just turned into a nightmare. Right. I mean, like we're watching this, and they had their governors out in front saying this is hitting kids. Yeah. And so that was starting in August, right? We and obviously, if it's starting in the southern states, yeah, it's going to make its way. But we already had it here. We knew it was here before they even opened everything up for summer. Yeah, and they did nothing. Right. And so the last week before school started, I was waiting to see what the school board was going to say before I made any decisions. Plus, of course, teachers actually aren't there. So I waited. I got the email from the, from the school board, and it said, we're going to follow the chief medical officer of health's orders. And basically, we're not going to do anything. Yeah. And I said, well, my kids aren't going to be there. And granted, I understand fully the amount of privilege that I have to be able to say that because I was a single parent once. I don't know what would be going through my head right now if I didn't have the choice. And I yeah. saw that tweet of yours today, Kathleen, and I was just like, yes, please. Exactly. If you have the yeah. opportunity, the ability to get your kids out of school, then do it because yeah, some people don't have a fucking choice. I'm glad you brought up privilege too, because this is where we can take responsibility for our privilege. Exactly. If you can take your kid out of school and I'm, I'm disclaimer. I am not a doctor. 
I am not an epidemiologist. I'm a parent of a child with a very serious immunodeficiency illness that has prevented her from fully participating in a physical classroom now for 18 months. Mm -hmm. So that's my disclaimer. You need to take your kid out of school if you can, because this government's not going to do anything. And they've been lying for over a year about where the spread is happening. If the spread wasn't (laughs) happening in schools, they would have never shut down the schools in the first place. Remember when they shut down the schools? If the spread wasn't happening in schools, there'd be no mask mandate. If the spread wasn't happening in schools, we wouldn't have a teacher shortage every time there's another surge in cases. They are lying to you. The spread is happening in schools. Children are getting sick. Children are taking that home to their family members. And yes, COVID can be You can contract COVID even if you've been double vaxxed. We know that. We know that because our chief medical officer of health stands there at those pressers and says 89% of the dead were not fully vaxxed. So tell us about the other 11%, Dina. That's right. Tell us about them. Because the fact that you're not giving us any information about a pre-existing condition, about a serious underlying illness, leads us to believe that you're hiding a shitload more. Well, and did you see uh, uh, Courtney Theroux, Theroux? C-Spot tweet? Uh, He tweeted out today too that, you know, underlying conditions are really popular in Canada approximately one in every five Canadians has an underlying condition, right? whether we know it or not, right? So many of us, and and especially when you're looking at at younger people, they can have an underlying condition that hasn't posed a problem yet. Yeah. Well, not only that, but just our lifestyles are an underlying condition. Uh, Are you 15 to 20 pounds under overweight? Underlying condition. Are you underweight? underlying condition. Do you smoke? Underlying condition. Do you drink a fair bit? Do you eat well or do you eat shit? Do you get like, regular are you, exercise? Are you just looking at me and naming everything? Come on, Natalie. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> My eyes on you. <laughs> just trying to keep you alive, girl. <laughs> but seriously, when I hear people talk about, oh, they're dying from underlying conditions. Every man who said that to me is a walking underlying condition. Right. He's got a half sack of Pilsner in the back of his truck, a pack of players filter in his front shirt pocket. He speeds. Right. He's hard on his body. He's spent a lifetime abiding by the Alberta work hard, play hard motto. And he doesn't think he's got underlying conditions as he picks up his gut to do up his belt because this is the shit that gets us killed. Right. And no one, no one is talking about when, when our, our chief medical officer of health and our premier go on about underlying conditions, when their issues managers do it, just about every one of us is an underlying condition. Yeah. Unless you're basically a fitness instructor. But even, but that's the thing is that they still haven't figured out why it is that this virus will attack people who were very healthy previously so you know there's an nhl hockey player who's out for the season 
He has serious heart complications as a result of contracting COVID. They're Last saying, year. Yeah, Last they're year. saying he's out for the season. He's never going to play again. Yeah. It's never going to happen. And it, this is, how old is he? I think he's like 18, 19 years old. He's very young. Yeah. He was in top shape. He, he's a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. And his career is likely over as a result of this. In the meantime, we got Paul, what's his face? Paul, what's that country singer's last name? Brandt. <laughs> we got Paul Brandt on the twatters. <laughs> Howdy, folks. Do you think I should get a vax? My doctor says maybe you don't need it. That's yeah, the my Alberta doctor. With. My Alberta and, doctor, too, right? Just let's, let's, we're not just talking about some country music star. We're talking about a country music star that this premier appointed to a human trafficking commission. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. He was chair, or, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, and, and he's, he's a former nurse. And, and he's a, a former nurse. Mm-hmm. And he's going full Brett Wilson mm-hmm. on, on the Twitter. It's, I don't know how to get people to, to stop in their tracks and look at the, the collective insanity of what is happening in this province and, and decide that there's got to be some kind of action we can take because we're all sitting back right now just watching people die. Yeah. I don't know how to wrap my, my that our premier threw his hands up in the air, went on vacation for three weeks and let this, this hell burn through our province Mm -hmm. and did nothing. He did nothing. His health minister did nothing. The, the, The physician who took an oath, who took an oath, did nothing. And they all stand around and point fingers at everyone else. And now they're blaming Max Bernier and the PPC. The, the problems in this province, the problems with ignorance and lack of education and far right wing ideology, this has existed here for decades. Mm-hmm. Yes, Max Bernier has, has definitely... Uh, as, as a political opportunist, he's grabbed it because it's beneficial to him. But he couldn't grab what wasn't already here. Oh, exactly. Anyone who's been politically active in this province knows that this has been happening for decades. That's why Jason Kenney got elected, is because it was already happening here. Yeah. And now Albertans, the majority of them, are sitting on their asses, uh, tweeting and facebooking about what a horror this all is yeah it's a horror so what are we going to do about it well and someone needs to tell me i likened it oh yesterday maybe when i was starting to like I, i was responding to someone and i said you know alberta has failed the marshmallow test of do we want a marshmallow today Yes, let's open up. I mean, who, honestly, it doesn't matter who you are. We were all like, yes, it'd be fantastic to get back to normal. I still really didn't go out during the summer, but you know, 
it was something that that we are all looking forward to. But at the same time, you watch the fact that the only provinces who did this were Alberta and Saskatchewan. Yeah. Right. Uh, NDP or sorry, NDP and BC brought in their mask mandate. Yeah. Mid-August, early August, something they were just like, you know what? This doesn't look good. We're going to do something about it now. Uh, their cases the other day, they had 734 new cases. They had um, less than 150 people or maybe a yeah, less than 150 people in ICU. Um, they are refusing to take Alberta patients. Yeah. Right. As they, well are, they should. Yeah. And they are and they are nowhere near the situation that yeah. we are. And they're saying, yeah, we can't actually afford to let what happened to you happen to us. Yeah. And it does make sense. So now they're looking at the potential of, you know, lift airlifting patients from Alberta to Ontario. Uh, Newfoundland came out and said they have space in their hospitals as well. This happened to Manitoba. They did the same thing. They let their hospitals get overrun. And I did see someone comment the other day and they said 12 people from Manitoba died outside of province in other hospitals. This is not the situation that we should have been okay with. And I mean, and Again, if you do nothing with an exponential spread type thing that's been going on this pandemic, I know it's only been 19 months, but here it is. Feels it, like 19 years. Yeah. And, and should we have expected it? I mean, every other province is looking at us saying, well, we don't want that to happen. Yeah, no and we shit. can't blame them. We no. can't blame them. I, I when they said they were going to be airlifting patients, and we're not talking about COVID patients here. This isn't COVID patients they're shipping out. They're going to be shipping out serious illness, injury. The, the patients who are coming into the ERs under the regular ER circumstances. I want Albertans to really think about your kid gets hurt and needs surgery. And the next thing you know, they're on a life flight to Ontario. They're half the country away from you. What are you going to do? How are you going to get there? How are you going to be able to afford to get there to sit beside your child? When they have that surgery, your child's going alone, by the way, no one can go with them. So you're going to kiss your baby goodbye at the hospital and hope to God that someone out in Ontario who's taking care of your child will think of you and what you would want for that child. Because that's the situation we're in now. They're going to ship our babies away from our homes because we can't care for them here. And our premier let that happen. And his base, these people who refuse to get vaccinated, let that happen. And there's some in my family too. I'll tell you right now, there's some of them in my family and I'm raging mad because they don't give a fuck about my daughter's health. They don't give a fuck about my kid's life. They don't care enough to go get vaccinated. And in the meantime, cancer kids aren't getting their surgeries and our premier is shipping our babies out, of, out to Ontario to get the care they need. When people say to us online, you're so angry. 
I get those tweets all the time. You're so angry. Why the fuck are you not? How can you be in this province right now and not be angry, Alberta? I watched political scientist Dwayne Bratt, a, a dear man, a friend, a, a human being I have the, the utmost respect for. Uh, I watched him choke back tears on CBC discussing what is happening in this province. This isn't a man who's prone to tears. It, it, this is a professor, a political scientist. This is a serious man. And I watched him on CBC choking back tears. And when the anchor said to him, you seem angry, and Dwayne said, I am angry, I am angry, but I'm a human first. In Alberta, we've lost our humanity. We've outright lost our humanity, and I'm, I'm terrified to be in this province. I'm terrified to raise my child in this province. I'm terrified of, of what the next month is going to hold, let alone the next two years. And I, I just don't know what it's going to take to to break this government and their stranglehold on this province and the death and destruction they brought. I just don't know. Yeah, and if we can look at the past as any sort of indication of future behavior, the only thing that has the only thing that has changed course, caused this government to change course, is uh, fury from within their own party. Yeah. And even then, it's really only about protecting Jason Kenney's leadership. You know, just about every talking head, pundit, political scientist, anyone with any kind of brain in this province has been howling for weeks howling for weeks and pointing out the same thing that all of this, uh, the crisis we're, we're in all of this is the cost of our premier putting himself first at every stage, putting his political aspirations first, putting his needs first, uh, putting his his lust ego. to his ego, his lust to look the hero all the time. I, I it's shocking to me, and it's even more shocking that he is surrounded by people who continue to hold him up. This isn't like Doug Ford. I've got a lot of issues with Doug Ford, and let's face it, he is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. He's not the brightest crayon in the box. But the difference is, Doug Ford will tell you that himself. Doug Ford doesn't pretend to be a genius. No, he doesn't. He lets you know he's just a good old boy that's real good at printing and selling labels. <laughs> he's, let, he's let everyone know that right from the start. Yeah, We all knew about his history. And when the pandemic hit, and nobody think I'm painting Doug Ford as a hero because I'm sure as hell not. But at least he did a smart thing. He put his hands in the air and went, oops, sorry, folks. Not quite sure how to handle this one. So going to bring in some people. And he did it. And they still had some problems in Ontario, but it never got to this point ever. no. no. You know, and there's the difference in attitudes is quite noticeable from province to province well as well. 
our province has a huge problem with anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers because our government fed them, because our government pandered to them. If you go out to BC, into the lower mainland specifically, everybody wears masks there. Nobody fights it. A lot of people wear masks walking down the streets in downtown Vancouver because the sidewalks are so crowded. It's not a big deal to them out there because they didn't have a government that fed this bullshit, plandemic, hydroxychloroquine. What is it now? A horse deworming meds? Ivermectin. Ooh. which uh, as many people bring up was a was on the list of approved medications for COVID-19 in India. However, it was also an approved medication, ivermectin I'm talking about uh, for dermatolo- dermatological issues. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying if it's going to clear up your rash, it's probably not doing a whole lot for that, uh, respiratory disease those respiratory problems so where's the logic in refusing to getting get the vaccine and then taking horse meds (laughs) i don't somebody explain this to me i won't put that into my body but give me some veterinary medicine (laughs) honey i saw your last boyfriend go ahead and get the vax i think it's gonna be okay we've actually that that is kind of another thing you know to anyone who missed that that alberta you know feed stores were selling out of ivermectin which mm-hmm. is it is a it's a wormer for horses and possibly for cows but definitely for horses so they were selling out of it and they were putting up these signs in the store you must show a picture of you and your horse yeah. to be able to buy this like like, but no, I won't take a vaccine. The medical community community says is safe. Yeah. But give me some horse to wormer. Uh, yeah. Like there is, um, there's, there's some problems in, in this province. Yeah. I, I won't take the vaccine. Cause I don't know what's in it. Sweetheart. <laughs> I saw you Friday night doing tequila shots off the hairy chest of a bouncer. <laughs> And you're worried. Kathleen, your well, Friday I night mean... sound way better than mine. <laughs> 50 and still nifty. <laughs> well, and the thing, and, and we know we're in trouble. We, yeah. we, well, no, some of us, some of us know we're in trouble. Um, there, I, I think, I do think that the, health community is trying really, really hard to explain to people that we're in trouble. Um, well, I, they may be, the health community is, um, our CMOH failed us mm-hmm. and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really, really sick of talking heads saying we should be nicer about her. Oh. We should be kinder <laughs> about her. Uh, we shouldn't be mean to her online. First of all, fuck Dina Henshaw. Fucker, she hasn't run her own Twitter account. I'll say whatever the hell I want to to the person who actually types that shit for her. Secondly, she could have come forward at 
any point in time where our, while our premier was on vacation. When our premier abandoned us, our chief medical officer of health had a duty to stand up in front of us and let us know maybe she couldn't lock us down, but the situation is dire. Instead, we didn't hear from her. We didn't hear from our premier. We didn't hear from our minister of health. We didn't hear from our chief medical officer of health. So I don't want to hear Dina Hinshaw say to me, we need to be kind or kindness matters because she couldn't drag her ass to a microphone to save a single Albertan when we needed it. So I don't need to hear the admonishments anymore from her. Yeah, I have a, I've got a draft the draft that has been sitting since last week it has been that long now and it basically details all of the reasons why our cmoh is just done should be done should not be yeah have anything to do with any of this and i have hesitated because i did detail you know at the start of this pandemic we were so happy to have someone like Dr. Dina Hinshaw, mm-hmm. she was calm. She was reassuring. You know, she did so much to, well, and of course, you know, when you've got Bumbles as <laughs> the premier jumping in as much as he could to try and give us any information. And people are like, dude, shut up. Let, yeah. let the, let the smart lady speak. Yeah. Um, we want to hear from the educated woman, not the Bible college dropout thing. Exactly. And, you know, like we, we gathered behind Dr. Hinshaw and it has been really tough to, to see and to hear some of the things when her language, when she said lives and livelihoods, I was, I was gobsmacked. Because that is a political line that Kenny has been yep. saying for way too long. And to have it come out of her mouth, I was just like, I, I can't. I can't anymore. I cannot. When she, when she tried to use the syphilis oh, fuck. problem in this province, <laughs> newsflash, the syphilis <laughs> problem has been going on since the start of the oil boom. Oh. It's been here forever. <laughs> Then she tried to use the opioid crisis. Yeah, we know how much you care about the opioid crisis because the government that shut you're down. working for shut down the safe consumption sites mm-hmm. and now overdose, overdose deaths are resulting in the bodies piling up in the streets too. Yep. So when when Dr. Dina Hinshaw comes out there and throws all these excuses at us, mental health, well, funny thing, suicides actually went down yes 32 percent i saw 32 percent suicide reduced in this province during this pandemic so don't let them bullshit you about that either what's breaking our mental health is this fucking government yep what's breaking our mental health is worrying about getting in our cars because if we get in an accident and we need surgery for us that's not happening What's breaking our mental health as parents is trying to keep our kids safe and yet still keep food on the table. Trying to keep our kids mentally healthy as well, because too many of them have spent 18 months in isolation. Dr. Dina Hinshaw took an oath to do no harm. And every day this summer that she did not stand in front of this province and say, we need to take action now. 
she did harm. So don't tell us to be nicer to us. Don't tell us not to bully her or pick on her. She's not going to stand up there and say, be kind anymore and have me accept it because that's a shield for herself. Dina Hinshaw is just as guilty as the rest of them. Yeah. You know, and this is, I can, I can look at this and I can say, you know, it's always nice to have someone to blame, but I cannot in the last year think that we actually don't have someone to blame. We have seen it over and over again where this government has held off, where this government has, um, you know, put in exactly like it's, it's always, they, they sloughed off so much responsibility and, and even, even today, I mean, or it wasn't today. I'm sorry. It was last night. Brock Harrison's tweet. And he oh, is, his, um, why was your surgery canceled yes. tweet about the COVID Edson. party? The COVID party. Yep. We're having COVID parties out here, Alberta. People are dying. We're shipping babies off to Ontario, but we're having COVID parties. Mm-hmm. And the premier's, what is he like? Head of communications or some shitty yep. title like that. Or the premier's office. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And so when his comment came out as if, as if the COVID party that was held in Edson a week ago is why we're in the situation that we're in, uh, dude, they canceled surgeries weeks ago. Yeah. We were already in trouble weeks ago. But this government didn't want to come out and say anything because that might make people less likely to vote for Aaron O'Toole. And this has been such a disgusting, um, despicable display that we have had to sit and sit through. Yeah. That I like, I mean, I. I might be a little happier that there are people within the UCP that are pushing, but we have to remember that the people that are in the UCP are pushing because some of them are really pissed off that we're back to a mask mandate. It's unfathomable. It's unfathomable. And they are MLAs in the areas of this province that are hardest hit. What's happening in rural areas in this province is horrific. It is. And it's all rural. It's all rural. And they're coming into the cities and filling up our hospitals because they won't get vaccinated. And then their MLAs turn around and feed them the same shit over and over again. Angela Pitt. There's another one. Anti-vax, anti-mask, as far as we understand, she she can't decide from day to day. It seems to be whichever way the wind is blowing in her constituency. These people have fed this horror and then walked away from it. Okay, I'm only giggling because when that is played back, it sounds different. What do you mean? <laughs> Horror didn't come out that well. Oh, horror. <laughs> no, see, now I got to make sure our audience knows. Horror. Yeah. H-O-R-R-O-R. I, I... Not whore. Not whore. Horror. 
again, have to find the joy in the little oh, fucking things. Lord, I would. <laughs> we, we don't need that backlash. So I guess <clears throat> what what we have to decide now as the um, sane minority faction in this province is how do we put pressure on this government and on this CMOH to take some kind of action? I don't know what we do. And usually, I mean, you know, I'm a politically active old broad. I know how to organize rally. I know it's how when you're to, stuck at home. It, that's just it. We're stuck in our homes. We're all terrified of getting this thing. It's what, three, five times more infectious than the original uh, COVID virus. I'm, I'm scared to death we're going to get a mutation. It's moving too fast. It's infecting too many. And mm-hmm. I am scared to death. It's going to mutate again. And the vaccines that those of us who have half a heart have already ensured we got will be ineffective. Yeah. I'm terrified of that happening. And this government has been warned about that for months now. You know, I, I see Stephen Harper's uh, former I don't know if she was his press secretary or Rachel Curran. Mm. I see oh. her on, on Twitter saying, I don't know what all the panic is about in Alberta. <clears throat> Their death rate is lower than Ontario's. It's not about the overall death rate for the entirety of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did really good in phase one. We did good because our CMOH uh, told our premier what to do. Our opposition put heavy pressure on the premier. Our school boards put pressure on the premier. Uh, Half the province put pressure on the premier and the premier closed it all down. Yeah. And we did really good. I would even go so far as to say, except for Christmas of 2020, when we had a pretty serious spike and yet again, our government decided to jet off to Hawaii after locking us in our homes Uh, except for that surge that went into January. And then we had a little bit more uh, in the spring. We, we did have more in the spring, but I just want to throw out there that this was really underscored. Remember how we had 500 deaths in the first eight months of the pandemic. And then we had 535 days. Yeah. In at the beginning of January, we were about a thousand 1,043 or 1,034, because I remember visually, and it could be either or. Um, but by the end of May, we were up to 2,300. We, yeah. we actually lost 1,300 people in the next five months. And it was so, you know, it, it, there were no big milestones, right? We went from 500, we went to 1,000. Those were, those were reported, those were talked about. And then over the next five months, we lost 1,300 Albertans. Yeah. And now it's just hell. Yeah. And now it's just a, a and it's been another horror action. story. And our healthcare system has collapsed. So I don't want to see Stephen Harper's former whatever the fuck she is on Twitter trying to rationalize the death count in this province as not so bad. Yeah. I don't want... Uh, her telling me it wasn't really 24 people in a day. It was 24 people over the course of 24 hours. That makes it better, Rachel. Does this make it better? Are they spread out a little bit more? So the deaths are more palatable to you. 
It is the the rage that I've been dealing with, especially the last through three days. The rage has has almost made it impossible for me to function. Yes, that was the other thing that we were talking about. We were talking about this this almost this state of suspension that that we've been in for the last four or five days. Yeah, and yes, it's a Thursday, and um, you know, there, there are things, there are other things going on. And at the same time, I know these underlying things, right? I, I know that outside of this, if I need care, if someone I love needs care, that this is a scary time. Yeah. And, and it's, and it is tough every day to, to get up and do it again. And as much as, as much as I, you know, I started retweeting, I think some dude who posts animals, <laughs> posts these nice little animal things. And I've started retweeting them whenever I see them, because it's like, I have nothing good to say. The newsletter, Kathleen, <laughs> like I have nothing good, yeah, nothing. And, and I look at it and I think, is it only COVID? Is that really the only thing going on in this province? And I'm like, again, though, but that's kind of a really big deal to a yeah. lot of people. And the thing is, it might not have affected me just yet, but I'm not immune. Well, I don't want us getting distracted by other things right now either, because this government is excellent at distracting us with shit that doesn't matter every time there's a crisis like this. Yes. They will I I'm I'm quite shocked how willing they are to look stupid and to look foolish and Rather to look than. completely ignorant just so that they can divert attention over here. But they can't do that this time. They can't do this that this time. Kids are getting sick. Kids are dying. They can't do that to us this time. So don't fall for it. If you're a person who's online, if you spend a lot of time on Twitter and the Alberta Ledge feed, maybe take some time away from the, the feed and write your MLA and phone his office. Harass the fuck out of them. Yes. Out of every one of them. Harass the fuck out of them. I'm not, a, I'm not usually a taxpayer's pay your pay kind of person because I hate that. <laughs> but we're paying these assholes to kill us right now and to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. They're doing so, nothing. Harass the fuck out of them. Hound yeah. them. Email them every day. Call their offices every day. And find a way to take care of your own mental health over the next few weeks because that is I mean if it's not hit you yet, um, I guess you're one of the lucky ones because I think the vast majority of Albertans at this point are really struggling under the weight and the pressure and the death and the destruction and the horror of waking up to this every, every day. day. I, there have been there have been moments over the past week where I really feel like I'm 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 in the beginning of a post-apocalyptic novel. You know, I'm in the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. But the zombies are anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers who are holding protests outside of hospitals mm -hmm. where people are dying of cancer. 
where loved ones are are sitting bedside if if they're allowed oh, in which right now they're allowed they're in. yeah if they're even allowed in so pro- protesters are screaming outside of hospitals where people are dying alone take care of your mental health if you need help reach out for help call a friend call a family member call the crisis line crisis line distress center there's one edmonton one in calgary and a lot of those numbers work outside of edmonton and calgary as well just do it and don't wait until uh you've hit rock bottom don't wait for that moment do it when you know you need it heck tweet at us tweet at us dm me (laughs) if i'm not following you so you can dm me send me a tweet that says i need to dm you and i'll follow you and we'll dm but reach out for help and if you're strong enough and if you can stomach it harass your ucpmlas every damn one of them because right now the only people who are harassing them are the anti-maxers and the anti-vaxxers Right. Those yeah. are the people they're hearing from the greasy. What is it? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yep. And all the grease right now is going to the people who are spreading death. So get in there and make sure your voice is heard. Email, call, hound, harass, do whatever you got to do and keep the pressure on. I agree. And I think that is where we'll leave it. And I don't know, Kathleen, should we, should we end it with the same I yeah, let's do should, it because that should at least, you know, perk people up just a tad. Yeah. And what was the name of the group again? Abject failures to the abject failures. Thank you very much for giving Albertans like us bad, mad bitches like us. <laughs> the anthem Something we really to need rock out too. <laughs> indeed. One, two, three.